This is episode 186 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Welcome to episode 186 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today, I have Nick Van Dyke on the show. Nick is an investor I've known for many years, met him originally uh, right around the time I started the Greater Hamilton REI Meetup. Nick came out, uh, met myself and several other investors, and we've kind of kept open line of communication ever since, sharing ideas. Uh, love chatting with a guy. He's a very aggressive in- investor who retired himself from his job uh, several years ago. Um, you know, he was going down the corporate path and real estate had replaced his income and he just ran with it. So Nick's a guy who doesn't hesitate. He's not afraid to take risks and to go into new and uncharted territory. And um, he had a good quote from this episode that he says, you'll never really know until you try. You can read all the books you want, but you never know until you try. And uh, that's led him to Edmonton, to investing in Cape Coral. Uh, of course, he started investing in the southwestern Ontario, Brantford area. Uh, but he's got stuff uh, all over the place, and he's still consistently finding new opportunities and enjoying life. So he uh, he's going back to Florida. He's going camping. He's got his summer mapped out, spending time with family, uh, and still able to run his business in between. So uh, great episode. I've been trying to get him on the podcast for a long time. He finally agreed, and uh, I think you're going to enjoy it. As always, just want to ask you, hit all the buttons. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you leave a comment help more people find out about the show. And then, of course, if you're an audio listener, a full five-star rating and review would be greatly appreciated and helpful to uh, to get this podcast out to more people and, and hopefully help them as well. So thanks again for that. And uh, without further ado, let's jump into episode 186 with Nick Van Dyke. Hello and welcome to the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. I have a friend of mine, Nick Van Dyke, on the show. Drove all the way up from Brantford area. Well, Waterford. 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 Yep. All right. Well, thanks for doing this. Big drive. Thanks for yeah, having me. Yeah, huge drive. Yeah. Half hour. Um, yeah, so Nick, we've been talking about this for a long time and uh, just finally uh, pulled it together. And uh, we're going to go through everything you've been up to. Uh, we met like 2019, started talking yeah, 2018. Like yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. So uh, originally uh, the Greater Hamilton REI meetup. That was the first time we met. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Nick, <clears throat> tell me a little bit about kind of your story of investing. I know you've quit your job now, but the, the leading up to that. Well, where do I start? To be honest, it's a it's a long story, but I'll uh, I'll try to make it short. So, pretty much, um, you know, when I was younger, seventeen, my dad gave me a book, you know, Rich Dad Poor Dad. Everyone everyone's read that one, and pretty much from that point on, it it kind of changed the way the way I thought. Like you know, everyone growing up, you know, they're trying to climb the corporate ladder and do uh, you know be happy by making it to the top at their job which in reality we all know that sometimes isn't always the case but anyways long story short my dad gave me that book it pretty much changed the way i thought um and then from there we uh you know we i kind of brainwashed myself in the way i was thinking because like here i'm working at a a great job you know i worked at a, a local municipality um government job pension all that stuff so everything was was great but at the same time I also had the idea in my head, like, if I have to work till I'm 65, mm-hmm. like, shoot me now, essentially, right? Like, I don't want to <laughs> sound too harsh, but at the same time, like, the idea of that, I obviously didn't sit well with me. So, um, long story short, we ended up, you know, I, I read Rich Dad Poor Dad, got into the real estate stuff, um, and then persuaded my wife, who wasn't necessarily on board at the time, but long story short, we ended up buying our first uh, first duplex in 2015 or 2014, I can't remember, but anyways. Uh, so we bought that one, renovated it, got, I think it was about 500 bucks a month in cash flow, and a light bulb went off and I was like, if I can buy a bunch of these, I, I literally don't need a job anymore. Yeah. Right, so, um, you know, I built off of that, then, from there, we did a bunch of other duplex conversions. We did triplex conversions, um, flipped some, wholesaled some, and just pretty much evolved from there. So. That's interesting. Your dad gave you that book? My dad, yep. Of all people, like, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, my parents would not have given me that yeah. book. Well, see, like growing up, like my my dad was very like entrepreneurial. Oh, yeah? Um, but at the same time, you know, ironic, ironically, he was like, he also he still has a job and you know doing what everyone was pretty much taught you know climb the corporate ladder right so 
but he pretty much he you know there, he knew that there was another way like he had i don't know countless businesses to be honest yeah. and then from there he he knew there was another way hence opening other businesses and stuff but so yeah he gave me that book and then from there i don't know i fed off of it yeah so were there other ones that kind of contributed because i know like Rich Dad Poor Dad is more of like a, a survey of real estate or, yeah. or <clears throat> passive cash flow. It doesn't yeah. really dig deep on anything. It just yeah. kind of speaks conceptually. Yeah. Obviously, you had to learn a lot of other tools, especially back then. There, were, there weren't the resources there no. are now no. to learn this stuff. Yeah, no, like I've read, that's another thing, like I've read a lot of books, but like I think that one was the start to mm-hmm. kind of evolving from there. And then from there it was, you know, I, I'm, I have probably books like notepads and books of me like crunching numbers and evaluating properties. And I think just doing it so much, you just, mm. you figure it out, right? So. How were you financing <clears throat> them early on? Just stuff you save, money you save from work? Yeah, like the first one, uh, uh, me and my wife, we bought our first property in I think 2013 for ourselves. Um, actually the first rental property, we we said that my parents and my in, my in-laws were moving into it so we were mm-hmm. able to get a duplex for five percent down because it was 50 percent owner occupied yeah but um so a loophole i guess but <laughs> a little loophole so we got that one people have taken those yeah so we we did that one with five percent down and then the second one you know we refinanced our other house did 20 percent down and it seemed like every property we bought after that it, the banks just wanted more and more so like it was five percent and 20 percent and then yeah 25 percent on some like it just you, you where you think it might get easier it it might not have. So. Right, yeah. Yeah, now you've... So when did you quit your job? It was last year? 2019. 2019. Oh, so yeah. it's been a while. Yeah. So, How's retired life? Well, so it's... Uh, you know, at the end of 2019, I left my job on my 29th birthday. So I was 29, left my job, was like, okay. You know, that year we did like five or six properties, bunch of duplex conversions or something. So we were busy and I was obviously working full time and... Mm-hmm. at the time had two young kids so um you know me and my wife made the decision okay i'm gonna leave my job and just go full force into this but then 2020 hit yeah and the world came cr- crumbling down so it went from me wanting to go full tilt and buying real estate to <clears throat> me being a stay-at-home dad with two little kids so i had to kind of pivot a little bit but from that point on um, like obviously things are a little bit more normal now sort of yeah um so yeah, we're uh, we're still we're still moving along. I'd argue things are almost less normal now. <laughs> yeah, well, like, economically, I'm less allowed normal. to have this conversation, I guess. Which yeah, it's weird to even say that I'm allowed to, but that's a whole other topic. But oh yeah, yeah, I get you. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's definitely a, a little bit tricky right now, kind of looking at the outlook. But I mean, you kept going during the uh, <clears throat> during the lockdowns. You were still buying stuff, were you not? Yeah, yeah, like um, I think 2020 we did. A duplex, a sixplex, and I don't remember if that was if we got our cottage then or. But yeah, no, we bought a few in 2020. Then 2021, like we got a couple more. Um, actually, 2021 is when we bought a property out in Edmonton, um, just because mm-hmm. da- around here it things skyrocketed and numbers just didn't really make sense. Yeah, it didn't so. make as much sense, right? But uh, and what what did you uh, what did you pick up in uh, in Edmonton? A 13 unit building. Oh, 13 units. I don't know why I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought it was smaller than that. Well, okay. like it, it, a 13 unit building there is equivalent to like a, I don't know. Four unit building here? Yeah, pretty much. So, <laughs> like, what were you paying per unit? <clears throat> that was about 100 grand a door. 100 grand a door. Okay, yeah. so 1.3 million for a 13 unit. And whereabouts in Edmonton? Uh, near, uh, I don't know if you know where Nate is, but. How do you spell that? N A I T. It's like a college university up there, but. All right. NAIT. I'm looking this up right now. Okay. That so. one's still like we've, we bought it with, I think it had seven tenants in it. And so it was like essentially 50% vacant. Okay. But the seven tenants that were in it were like mom, brother, sister. Yeah. And like a couple other tenants. So like it was kind of family. But so when we bought it, the, the rent rules there are a little different than they are here, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. Like they don't have rent control, so we literally just said, "Okay, you, you got to go." So we we kicked them out and then uh, renovated the entire building. But right now, I think they have ten 
or nine or ten units that are that are done, and then two or three that they've we had to wait for a couple more tenants to get out, and then now we're renovating those. Yeah. And then same thing with the common areas. So like I think we only have three three units filled right now. So okay, everything in Edmonton is like slow. It's like to get trades to get things done. No, like that, the the contractor we got on the job is like is really good, fortunately, but. Just everything there just seems like it moves so slow. Like the transaction was slow. The lo- it was longer closing was slow, um, and then filling the units is slow because like mm-hmm. you know there's there's supply demand. There's so yeah. much vacancy there. Yeah, out there they're known to have yeah. much higher vacancy. <clears throat> so you're you're trying to increase your rents though as you put people back in. Yeah. Okay. And are you still competitive? Like is the product you're offering competitive against the other equivalent products? Yeah, like it, it seems like out there there's there's a lot of like rough units. Like people own properties or they've owned them for 10, 15, 20 years, whatever, but they might like paint the cabinets or something. So like it doesn't look that yeah. appealing. So are you like replacing yeah, cabinets? Yeah, we did all new kitchens, new bathrooms, paint okay. floor, pot lights. No. Gotcha. So it's so pretty substantial renovations. Yeah. Like how yeah. much per unit are you investing? Uh, probably like 15 to 20. 15 to 20. Depending okay. on size. There are big units there. Like for some reason, like I don't know why, but every building that we checked out there was, they had like, I don't know, four closets in like the hallway. Like okay. there's just tons of storage. Like they're just large units, large bedrooms. Yeah. So, but so yeah, like. Uh, well, that's good. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah, I guess area-wise, I mean, I was look, I was talking to Mark Loeffler on the yep. show not too long ago, and he's in a similar, similar area. Like you're just north of downtown. I think he's just west of downtown with some of his stuff. Yeah, like there. I don't know if you're looking on a map right now. Yeah, but like if at you a map. look, there's kind of it looks probably like a, a big empty field essentially. Yeah, Blatchford, I think it is. But anyways, they're there's they're doing all this development right there. Like so, that's going to be all right, all brand new. So. Okay, so you're in a, a pretty, pretty good pocket in terms of like growth potential. That's the plan. All right, and how did you decide on that area being completely noob to uh, uh, Edmonton? Uh, me and my wife, we flew out there, and we literally just spent like a couple of days driving. Like I, uh, I talked to a few people, got some ideas where good, bad, avoid this area, all that kind of stuff. So I just had like a, a rough mm-hmm. idea on where to go, and then I think we looked at like I don't know, fifteen or probably 15 buildings or so. So you had this all lined up before you went? Yeah, sort of. Yeah. I've learned like you can line up stuff or have plans to do things, but you just literally have to do it. And your wife's on board to go see all this stuff with you? Yeah, now. Now? (laughs) Like, well, like at the very beginning, she was, you know, hesitant, like like most people, right? Like everyone thinks risky, It's or sorry, it's uh, real estate's risky, but she's gone full circle. Like she, she went from like, we shouldn't buy a house to why aren't you buying more houses kind of thing so yeah hey that's that's a good good kick i feel like jordan like obviously her family like it's all my wife jordan anyways uh she she grew up around it so of course real estate's like obviously you do real estate yeah but it's not exciting for her she doesn't she doesn't want to like go look at stuff she's like yeah go ahead like do your thing yeah just uh just make sure you're home by this hour and make sure that uh, you're available on weekends or whatever yep Yeah, yeah no we like Growing up, like both our parents, it was like other than my dad, but like growing up, it was like, you know, get a good job, go to school. Yeah. Go to school, get a good job, climb, climb the corporate ladder and go ladder. there, right? Which I, I think my, yeah, my parents were, were similar in that, that regard. I think like it was a big fear of mine and my family, yeah. like all my siblings did post-secondary and it was like, yeah. I wasn't going to be the one that didn't. So it was like, even though I had no idea why I would want to go to post-secondary, I right. did. But the idea of a good job, now that never really resonated. No, I'm like, no. what am I gonna do? I mean, it doesn't yeah, really look like no. my parents are having very much fun. <laughs> no, <laughs> why yeah. would I want to do that? Absolutely, no, exactly. Like even at, when I worked at the county, like I seen, I seen uh, like all of these, you know, higher up positions, directors, and all yeah. that stuff, and everyone around me is like pushing to to get that job, and I'm like, why? Like, why? Yes, exactly. Like, like I'm looking at them, I'm like, okay, you know, they're they're making a hundred grand a year or hundred some hundred and fifty, whatever. They're making good money, but they still lack vacation time. Mm. They're still driving a not nice vehicle. 
Yeah. Like they're like, sure, they're enjoying their life and it is what it is and each is to their own. But at the same time, like for me, I'm like, I didn't want that. I'm like, yeah. no, I, if I have to work that long, not happening, right? And like at the end yeah. of the day, they still, majority of them still like complain, which I'm like. Right, yeah. Somewhere in the, like, because I've sort of always been self-employed. I mean, I worked yeah. I worked in between <clears throat> university and I worked for the university briefly, right. uh, which is very opposite to my personality, I think. Um, but uh just the idea, yeah, it never it never worked to, to just have to, like, you know, be here this hour, this time. Like, I'm all good to make appointments. Like, <laughs> today is nothing but appointments. Yeah. But it's, like, it's very different doing it on your own terms versus doing it on somebody else's. It's time. But through all this, like, personal development stuff, like, when I got into sales, mortgages being sales, like, I started reading on sales. And, you know, all the wisdom picked up is all that stuff not taught in school, like, don't take advice from people who don't have the results you want. Absolutely. <laughs> Only take advice from people who who have what you want. Exactly. And uh, that lesson alone could change almost everyone's life. Oh yeah. Like, like even it's like even just talking to having like you know have a conversation about real estate investing and like most people are like oh don't do that like that's risky you shouldn't do that I'm like do you have a property yeah exactly excuse like, me what are your qualifications and they're like no but my cousin does or something <laughs> my right? cousin's brother-in-law yeah. did. And uh, it didn't go well for him. <clears throat> yeah. Like my very first property, I was actually, uh, I, I remembered this, like our very first property we bought, me and my wife, we made that decision. Okay. We're going to buy this property. And then from there, um, I remember the last, like the viewing before we closed on it, we showed up to go and look at it mm -hmm. and uh, the rear tenant um, came out and just lost it on us. Like, oh yeah, swearing, losing it, didn't want us there. Uh, you know, you didn't give us notice, all that stuff. And, and, uh, at the time I'm like, Oh wow, this is a great start. Like it's our very first property and I'm already dealing with an awful tenant. Yeah. But like fast forward, she's still yeah. a tenant in a new property. Um, so I still have her as a tenant. She was the one swearing at you. Oh yeah. Okay. But like we've, you know, she just had a bad day, whatever. But at the same time, she's now in a different unit paying probably twice as much or more than what she was there. But like, she's still a good tenant. Yeah. She just lost it on us on that day. Yeah, I can only imagine like the opportunity, like if if we had had parents who were doing this, well, yeah, well, <laughs> like just just I'm, to like learn their. Well, it's like our kids, right? Yeah. Like it'd be interesting. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see like in the future. Yeah, like it's like my my son. I have two yeah. two little boys, and uh, you know they're they're with us when we go to different places. Like I yeah. took my son to Edmonton, and we yeah. toured the building, and like he's five, and I had him uh, write down all the unit numbers. Mm -hmm. like just he's just he's seeing all this stuff and being around it so it's going to be interesting to see like yeah it'll be secure it'll, it'll just be common sense like when he, he'll say okay no of course of yeah. course we're going to have challenges with tenants we're going to have to just weed them out like that's part of the yeah. process yeah. it's not don't don't not do it yeah just don't not do it because your first tenant's going to be out. bad the, the unfortunate truth for most people is the first <clears> tenant <throat> is probably going to be their worst one which is great in a way because yeah, at the same time like okay well now you know what not to do or how to handle a situation right yeah um and like i i definitely can say like for me like my experiences early on with tenants like they were bad they were enough to like make you want to get out of the oh, out yeah. of the biz yeah but it was all my shortcomings yeah. my failure to process and set things up correctly yeah. trust the wrong property managers yeah. <laughs> you can make all the mistakes oh, 100 i feel like a lot less people maybe it's just our circles are making those mistakes now though i still hear it occasionally but just like you know, not using the right systems, getting the wrong tenants in, especially yeah. people who like kind of listen to this podcast and the different guests that come on talk about that kind of thing. Yeah. They kind of well, just know a little bit better because they've heard the stories. Well, and plus you have like yeah. Ontario, like yeah. a majority of our tenants are great, mm -hmm. but you know, the more you get, it's inevitable to get some bad apples. But like, and then in Ontario, the rules are yeah. not good. Like not great. No, we have a sixplex in London and it took a year to get one of over a year to get a tenant out. And he was like, not that he was a bad tenant. He was just paying low rent. And I just, yeah. I wanted to have fully turn that building over. So right. it just took forever versus Edmonton. Did like, you give him the N13 or whatever it was? Uh, the renovations? Yeah. So I, I basically showed up with two, two, two notices and I said, okay, you have two options. Um, one, well, before back, like before we even, uh, or when we first bought the building, I tried to move him into a different unit and he didn't want it, but um, so I showed up the one day with two notices. Um, I can't remember the numbers. I'd have to double check. But essentially the one where it's like, like the, I'm going to evict you, mm -hmm. the renovations in 13, I think it is. Um, or, or the other one was, um, 
drawing a blank here. You're gonna have to cut this out. It might be the uh, nine or n eleven, the one like the one where they agree to leave yes, on their own. It, yes. You don't both sign it; they that's sign it. it. Yeah. yeah. So I gave them basically the two options, yeah. and I was like, "Okay, well, this one, you have to leave. Like, I'm we're renovating the building. You have to yeah. leave. I'm giving you notice, all that stuff, and that's it." Yeah. Or if you want this one, I'll pay you five grand. Yeah. Um, and I'll give you a few more months of notice, all that stuff. But regardless, you're leaving. And he, he fortunately just didn't knew. Like he didn't know all the rules exactly, so yeah, he was like, like essentially, I gave him these two options, and I'm like, like this one you're leaving, but without money and shorter. This one you're you're gonna leave, but you're gonna end up with five grand, and I'll give you some more time. Yeah, so he's like, well, no brainer. I'm take gonna pick that grand. one, right? So he took that one, but then fast forward, come he signed it, all that stuff. Come the end of February, when he, he didn't was, leave. He didn't leave. Had you already given him the money? That's the key, right? The money, the money will be in your hand on yeah. the way out. Well, what I yeah. did was I, I basically said like he was paying like eight hundred bucks a month or something at that time, and I'm like, all right, well, three months is twenty four hundred bucks, so it's almost half of the five grand. I'm like, how about I give you three months rent free, and then when you move out, I'll give you the rest of the money. Okay. So I gave him three rent, three months of rent free, um, and then I also issued uh, non payment of rent for just, each one, just in case. And uh, so now come the day he was supposed to leave, he didn't leave. So I haven't yet paid him anything. Yeah. And then he already gave us post-dated checks. So I, I cashed all the checks. And then... Um, Even for the months <clears> that you didn't, you were... you were Like the three months. The that, three months that you gave him for free, you, you cashed all those yeah, checks? Yeah. Okay. Like you're not paying, you're not leaving. Yeah. I might as well take it. But right? he already signed the N9, right? Like the one, you didn't have to sign it. It was just him giving notice that he was leaving, right? Correct, right. And yeah. on there, there's no, it doesn't say I'm paying you five grand to leave. That was just Right, like, so that was an agreement you had right. with them. Just like a so can't you just call the sheriff at that point? So I, we were in Florida at the time. And uh, I, so I, I have a paralegal in London that we use. So I, I called them up and it was pretty inexpensive expense to, they basically, they filed everything. They did all the paperwork. They went through the LTB. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was pretty much, okay, you got to leave. So the LTB mailed him a, a notice, which he doesn't have email, which so it was even better because it took longer to get to him. Mm-hmm. But he got the notice and it was essentially like, you got to leave within, I think it was like seven or 15 days, whatever the, whatever the number of days was, or, or I can file and then the sheriff comes and he goes. Yeah. So... He ended up, he got, he got scared, obviously, and he ended up just leaving. And and you didn't give him the money? And I didn't give him the money. In <laughs> fact, actually, it was funny. He, uh, so ultimately, he, he left, and I and then he's like, he's like, well, can I get the money back? I'm like, well, you didn't leave. And like, yeah, like you, you, did, you broke the agreement. <clears throat> right? So I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, in fact, in fact, you owe me money because now I had to pay paralegal. I had to pay, um, yeah. you know, to file all this stuff and to, to like to go through this process to actually get you to leave yeah so i don't know long story short he he's out yeah renovating it and that'll be good that's a shame yeah like Versus, i mean because you, you gave him a very very good deal yeah well that's even the paralegal that we were dealing with he's like he goes nobody does this nobody like gives that much you know to a tenant to leave to leave and i'm like you, yeah, you I'm like, yeah but at the same time big, I, yeah. I i'm like i'm like i have a heart the guy wasn't a bad person he still no. paid he was just paying low rent yeah. Right. So I'm like, okay, well, that keep him. Yeah, it's fine. But I'm like, you know, he's literally paying. Like, I think we're gonna re-rent the unit out for seventeen hundred bucks or something. And how how many bed is it? So two bed, and then they get two spots with that, or two parking spots? Yeah. Well, there's well probably one to be honest. One parking spot. Uh, there's two bedrooms. Like, it's a good size yeah. unit. And it's top floor. Like, yeah, rents are really getting pushed up right now in London, aren't they? Yeah. Like the property values are kind of slowing down, but the, the well, so when yeah. we. I got numbers for that one if you wanted to punch it in your little. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, we can go through the, the sixplex. Sure. Uh, let's let's talk about that. Um, okay, so what did you uh, buy that one for? We paid $9.15. All right, $9.15. And how much did you do for rental? Uh, it was around 200 give or take. So you're in for 1.1-ish. Yep. And... So what do you figure it's worth or what was it worth when you went well, to refi? Now it's probably different. But at the time <clears throat> at the time we got it appraised, uh, the appraisal went through and like he or the appraiser went through and he went through like, I don't know, three units or so and they're all the same. Yeah. Same floor, same kitchens, every literally every unit's exactly. And uh, 
there was the one unit that Buddy was still in who hasn't left yet. But I told the appraiser, yeah, we renovated that one, but because of COVID, he doesn't. Nobody wants. He doesn't want you in there. So, <laughs> so he's like, okay, yeah. Oh, the whole units, the whole building's done. And I said, yep, it's all good. Uh, so he appraised it at one point seven four million. Oh wow! Which, which to me was like, I think that's wrong. But like, hey, I'll take it. So, yeah, it seems too much. But okay. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, okay. So, were you looking to get seventy five percent? I think we ended up getting around 70. 70? Ultimately. Yeah, so 1.2-ish. Yeah, give or take whatever that works out to be. Like we got, like we pretty much got all of our money back plus a little extra. Oh, okay. Um, let's look at uh, this a little bit. So yeah, it, all of your money back would have been, yeah, maybe closer to 1.1 on a mortgage instead of 1.2. Because this at 1.2, you're getting 100, 100 grand back in your pocket on top. Yeah, like we got, uh, we probably did to be honest. All right, we're close to it, but then we're using a bunch of that money to re to renovate that last unit, which I sure. said was okay. Okay. Right? So, so what's what's the um, the average monthly rent now on these? Uh, like the total income right now, well, once that other one's unit is rented, which it should be next month or two, it'll be about nine grand a month. Not bad. Okay, and your vacancy is pretty pretty low these days, right? Yeah, I don't. Like yeah, you you can factor it in, but like in reality, yeah. it's it's not going to happen anytime soon. Um, okay, what's the tax amount for that building? That one is uh, sixty four hundred a year. And insurance, fifty six hundred. Fifty six. Oh, you just have all these numbers right here. Yeah. <laughs> Maintenance, uh, like a five percent allocation is okay. Yeah. So you have, yeah. So basically, I put like five percent for like. For, life cycle for maintenance stuff, right? and vacancy and like just a, oh, a general yeah, yeah. number but yeah okay what do you what do you pay for utilities uh we are at around 11 1200 bucks a month is it all inclusive no they pay hydro okay so you're just uh boiler mm -hmm. so gas for a boiler for the building yeah do they have air conditioning no no but they can put their window yeah, units they can in put their window shakers in yeah okay and then management you're self-managing Yes and no. So I have a guy who does, um, he's been with me pretty much since the third property and he does all of our renovations and like general contracting and stuff like that. Like I was, I was pretty much the guy doing it, but then, mm -hmm. you know, when you get a bunch on the go, it's busy. Right. So, yeah. so I brought him on and he, he helps me do lawn maintenance, uh, snow removal, helps oh, okay. me with management, showing units. Like he's just oh, okay. a so one, just does one everything. stop shop and he kind of does a bunch of things for me. So, yeah. so uh, I think I have on here, I pay him about, it's like 200 bucks a month to help me with management. 200 bucks. So that, and that includes grass cutting? No, no. Uh, I got four grand a year for lawn and snow removal. All right. So say you're about 2.5 then on the management and then yeah, lawn and snow. Yeah. Cause like once it's rent, like he, he, he literally manages the property. I just don't pay five or six or 8% of. That's fantastic. So is this somebody who you knew before? Yeah. How'd yeah. you, how'd well, you meet this one? Like, what do you mean? No, before like, like you just met him when you bought the building sort of. No, he, like he's been with us since we like probably the first house he, he worked on was uh, the Paris house that I met you at. Okay. From, like when we were talking about that one. Um, like he was, he's like a, a general contractor essentially, but he's also got a good head on his shoulders and can speak. And but he lives in London? No, he lives in Brayford. But he'll drive over to yep. London for you? Yep. Interesting. Yeah. That's a lot of driving. Well, like once it's done and rented, it's, it's not as much. Yeah. Like he might go every two weeks to cut the grass, but he's now, he's got a couple guys that working for him. So he'll send one of his guys. Yeah. It's so not worth driving down there no, to I'm cut not. the grass. You can just get <laughs> no. somebody local to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not like there's not like at, at the beginning I cut all of our grass, like, <laughs> but I'm like no, not not anymore. Yeah, when did you buy that one? Twenty 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 or twenty twenty one. I remember you posting when you bought it. Yeah, I can't remember. Okay, so that's actually uh, interesting. Like looking at the way these numbers work because your cap rate on that based on the appraised value is like under four percent that's wild like 3.97 and of course that's based on me uh, putting putting a five percent maintenance in which yep. i know you don't do 
but uh, yeah, no, at the end of the day, like uh, when the appraiser came back and said it was worth, like he appraised it at 1.74 and I was like, Hey, I'll take it, but I'm, it's definitely on the high side. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I'm like, not going to argue with you. What interest rate did you get? 1.83. 1.83. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. Not a commercial mortgage. No, we did it through RBC. Oh, okay. That's why. Yeah, 30 that, year AM. 30 year AM. Okay. So that makes it so much better. Yeah. So, so you're one point, you're, you're a $1,300 a month cash flow on that thing once it's fully rented. Yeah. 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 That's that's great. That's a great little keeper, right? Yeah. You don't have anything into it, pretty much, yeah. and it's cash flowing decent amount. Now those numbers are probably going to go up. Yep. So you can't can't be uh, too upset about that one. Nope, not at all. All right, and then uh, obviously the Edmonton one, um, more units, more more income potential, I guess yeah. growth. Yeah, it's Edmonton's different. Like um, like we're gonna get one bedroom units. Like they'll be rented for like a thousand, eleven hundred bucks a unit. Versus, yeah, like I have stuff in Brantford, and one bedrooms are renting for like fifteen hundred, yeah, seventeen hundred. But that's okay because thirteen <clears throat> units, that's yeah, that's thirteen thousand bucks, right? right? Thirteen thousand bucks, and you bought it for, well, compared to the other one, you bought it for four hundred grand more, but you got an extra uh, seven units. Yeah, that's okay. Um, obviously, they're not going to rent for as much, but maybe down the road they will. Never, but no. you don't need them to, right? So renovations, how much did you get into renos for uh, Edmonton Ballpark? It's still under, so <clears throat> probably. Could be a, a couple hundred grand. Yeah, it's at least that. Um, there was a bunch of asbestos and stuff. We had to do a bunch of abatements. And stuff. So that wasn't fun, but um, I think it was probably around, uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but probably 200, 250. 250? Yeah, like it was, it was a little higher. Like we did new panels and stuff like that too, so... Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't know what the numbers are all gonna play out. Like I have rough yeah. ideas right now, but at the same time, it's it's not yeah. done yet. So, and like values in Edmonton, are they coming down right now? No, I, I haven't seen anything. Like I was yeah. talking to my agent the other day, and he was saying like things are still okay, but like I think it's inevitable. Like Edmonton just never really had the mad no. growth, right? Like that's why. <laughs> I was keen and we both were keen on Cape Coral. It didn't, it didn't yeah. have the same growth that these other markets had. Exactly. Not like Canada. No. I mean, things like they just recovered down there. They just recovered their, their peak highs from 2008, like yeah. a year and a half ago. <clears throat> yeah. So a little bit more comforting, but no, nowhere as comfortable right now, right? No. No, if you're like, relying on your values. Yeah. Like <clears throat> even Canada, US market is completely different, I find. Yeah. Yeah, so let's let's talk about what you're doing. Well, is there more going to happen in Edmonton, or are you good? We're gonna. I'm gonna finish this building. Yeah. See what it. See how kind of things play out. Like I like I, I liked Edmonton. I like the areas. I like. Mm-hmm. I have you know the contractor. The I have the team essentially set up. So like, there's not a problem to do more. But it's whether it's I guess worth it. But I I also didn't think this when I like because there's a whole story of us going to Florida and that talk about that if you want yeah but, yeah um but like so when we went down to the states like you know i've seen different opportunities so not that edmonton's bad or not that canada's bad i just feel like there is opportunities in the states so mm-hmm. um but yeah we might do more at the end of the day yeah i, I want to kind of see how this one plays out and like i gotta i think we gotta fill yeah. another i don't know nine more units or so before i can refinance it so yeah so right now is it privately financed yeah. you did you find an alberta private lender or somebody yep. from here no alberta and how'd you get connected with that person? Uh, just talking to people, making a lot of phone calls, and you know, I met up with uh, actually another another investor from, uh, from from our area in Ontario. Okay, he, he's got a couple places out there, not Lofter, um, but uh, yeah. So I, I reached out to him. He gave me a couple contacts, and then you know, you just start talking to people and figuring it out, right? So yeah. Well, that's why I like getting to like the meetups when you can yeah. out there. You just it's, start to meet people, right? Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to meet up people like when it's in a different province, but it is. Well, you'd have to figure out do they even have one, right? Yeah, like it's not like we just have an easy to go to. Like I guess the right club here is is, is running again. I haven't been in obviously years at this point, um, but uh, that is like the ideal way for me. I'm, I'm impressed by how quickly you just did it. Okay, we're just gonna go out here pick our area. All right, buy that one. Pretty much, <clears throat> like yeah. I've. I've figured out like you can you can read and you can do all of this research and you can figure everything out, but at the end of the day, you really don't know unless you do it. Yeah. So, 
they just do it. Just, you know, jump now and yeah. figure out how to fly on the way down. So Right, and you did similar on the Florida side of things. So we met up in Florida. Well, you were down there. You were down there a lot longer than I was this year. But yeah. I was down there the previous year a lot longer. Yeah. Um, so tell me about what happened, the, the story. Because I know you went across the border back where there, were, there was like that brief window where there were yeah, no restrictions. They, and uh, you were off to Lloyd. Um, yeah, we, uh, I remember we were, I didn't even, I think it was a Saturday or something. It was a weekend or whatever. Um, and... I, don't know, I I seen I, someone posted uh, they they weren't they're on their way to Florida and I was like oh, I've never been to Florida like I'd like to go to Florida so, so you never even been never been okay and uh, <clears throat> so I my uh, my wife and kids were upstairs and I, I went upstairs I'm like uh, who does anybody want to go to Florida and my kids don't know what Florida is like they're five and three at the time but um, so. We, uh, I, I pulled it up on YouTube on the TV and, you know, you click video of Florida and you see mm. dolphins and beaches and it's all pretty and palm trees. And yeah. next thing you know, my kids are jumping around like, oh, we're going to go to Florida. So, so we, uh, we literally, we said, all right, let's, let's go. Like, that's the joy of not having a job. You just, yeah. I don't have to ask for vacation. I just, you know, pack the truck up and go. Yeah. So we, uh, so we, we. I think it was Saturday we were talking about it and we ended up leaving on Wednesday and we just drove down and we originally planned like a, a three week vacation, which, you know, we haven't been anywhere. Let's, let's go to Florida and, and enjoy it. So we drove down, um, long drive and with kids it's, yeah. Yeah. So I did it with a like three month old. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe we're crazy. I think we were definitely crazy. Well, I think anybody doing all of this is somewhat crazy, right? So, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, no, we uh, we picked up my uh, our, our my kids from daycare or whatever, and we I think it was like four o'clock. We left at, uh, around three or four in the afternoon and just drove nonstop. Oh, you didn't stop? No, because we yeah. I think it was like ten o'clock by the time like they finally started to like get tired and fell asleep. Okay. So like we essentially put them to bed in the truck. Yeah. And uh, I was like, well, it's quiet. They're sleeping. Nobody's on the road. Keep going. Keep so we, I, we literally drove, like, I remember driving and, you know, we saw for gas or coffee or whatever, but just didn't stop. And I remember going, coming into Florida and the sun was coming up. And, oh, uh, yeah. And uh, so the sun was coming up and I'm like, all right, awesome. We're almost there. I look at the GPS and it's like still five hours to go. So <laughs> it was a long drive, but yeah, like long story short, we, uh, we drove to Florida. We went from Orlando and then we planned to go to Naples and then St. Pete. Yeah. And while we were there, I'm crunching numbers on like some of these Airbnbs that we're staying at. And I'm like, like you know, you, you can go on Realtor and figure out how much they're, they're how much worth they cost, and yeah. what you're renting for and all that stuff. And like, obviously now we're during the high season. So, you know, that was rents yeah. are a little more and stuff. So I just started evaluating them and I'm like, like they, they, they make really good sense. So, yeah. And then I just started talking to people and making more phone calls and just, you know, learning stuff. And then, so long story short we ended up like saying okay let's let's try to buy a property and um we evaluated things in orlando naples st pete tampa sarasota cape coral mm-hmm. and uh ultimately like cape coral was like that area you, it seemed like you know your dollar goes a little further yeah like, you're I still close to the so. beach yeah. it's still warm out there's still all the stuff that airbnb people like but it's just cheaper. I feel like the beach part's <laughs> the only the only hard part because you to get to like the Four the fires. actual beach is, is yeah. it's quite a bit further. Yeah, uh, there is a little beach there on the south the south side of Cape yep. Coral though, yeah. right? Yeah. Otherwise, Cape Coral is all just for anyone who doesn't know canals and like it's water, but it's not really beach. No, like yeah, like the closest like big beach like it would be Fort Myers Fort beach, Myers Beach, right? and that's and a I, long actual drive. I think from the house or we bought we ended up buying two houses, but the one we. The one we bought, I think it was like assuming you went at a normal time and you didn't have much traffic, like mm-hmm. you can make it there in a half hour. But yeah, it's the traffic's pro- it's the, the traffic is that kills you, right? Because there's so, only two ways into Fort Myers Beach. Yeah, you know, and, and if it's busy, it just plugs up. Yeah, and we've waited, and we had our air conditioner broke. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we had the dog in the car, and it was like torture. Yeah. So uh, yeah, you don't want to do that. But yeah, there is a closer beach, um, or we also, like if you have a boat, you can take a boat out like through the canals mm-hmm. and go to Sanibel Island, 
Yeah. So like Sanibel is another, uh, and it's not as busy as Fort Myers. Probably a little closer too. Isn't yeah, it? it is closer. But the only reason it's not as busy is because you have to you have to pay a toll. And I think it's like I don't know, five bucks or seven bucks or whatever across the bridge. Across the bridge, but yeah, there's there's still beach. So yeah, I, I think like you said, I think Cape Coral is a value play, and yeah. that that was why <laughs> I liked it. I the way like you know, on the building side for me, the way I could get in for the price I could get in. Uh, made a lot of sense, especially yep. with the built-in equity when they're done. I mean, of course, now with values, who knows if they, they you know, come down a bit. Um, last conversations I had is they still had not really. No, like I've talked yeah. to my agent down there and he... It's, it's slow. He said it's it's starting to slow down, but like it's, he's like, they're still... They're still going up. Still selling. It, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. And right? like it, rates have gone up too. The so rates like, have gone up, but I mean, I was going to the meetups and you you were there at the one yeah. of them, and uh, this has been the same story. They're they're getting like more than fifty percent cash buyers. Yeah, yeah. No, of course that money. When people see interest rates have gone up, they they start looking at alternative investments. Like, where else can I put this money? Right. So it's not to be ignored, but uh, very different from the two thousand eight crisis where that was all credit driven. Yeah. Um, this isn't the same as that. So uh, it's hard to know what happens for sure. I. I I definitely think a correction is possible, but I think rents keep getting pushed there. Yeah, at the same so time too, there. like in in Florida, like how much like demand, right? Like but it, I can't remember the number, but there's yeah, a lot moving of in a lot. Yeah. yeah, the immigration to Florida, which was particularly why I liked it too, yeah. uh, because although it didn't really have a whole lot of industry outside of tourism, that comes as people more people come. Right, and um, it, like when is Florida not going to be a nice place? Well, to and go? that's the thing. Like I'm. I'm <laughs> When we were there and like, you know, even before we went to Florida, I'm talking to people and they're like, oh, you're going to Florida? Like, oh, it's awesome. stuff. So like, I don't know anyone who doesn't like Florida. Yeah. Not in the summer. Right? But <laughs> well, that's the thing. We're going next yeah. week to check on the one, the place that we bought, the second property. Yeah. And uh, so you'll be in Cape? Yeah. Okay. Check out mine for me. Sure. <laughs> Since you're going to dirt lots or uh, no, they I've got two, building. two active builds right now. Oh, nice. Yeah. I got a third that uh, we should have permit anytime now. We'll be cool. starting that too. Yeah. Well. Yeah, it's busy. busy go time. crack the whip if you want. Yeah, go crack the whip. <laughs> I mean, they're pretty good. Uh, I, I think you know it's it's the same issue we all have, right? Getting the next trade in after yeah. the last one leaves, but uh, yeah, we're we're moving along anyway. Good. Yeah. Okay, so let's look at like rough numbers, kind of what you've been getting into down there. Like, what what was the first one that you purchased it for? Uh, four fifty. <clears throat> yeah. I don't have these numbers on me like I did. Yeah, no, just parts, total, yeah. like no one ever does. Like <laughs> yeah. what you did there is like, that's uncommon. Um, but anyways, yeah, let's, uh, we'll go through it. So 450 to buy, do you know approximate what you had in like furnishings and any sort of renovations? Uh, furnishing, I think we budgeted for like 20, but it ended up being a lot less. Okay. Um, but you didn't do any renos, <clears throat> no paint? No yeah, we, we repainted the whole place, um, like inside, um, updated a little bit in some areas some lights and stuff like that but then we also updated the one bathroom a little bit like vanity and so did stuff you spend like, like 20 grand total or no and then we added a, an interlock patio out back so okay. i think total it was like 15 grand 15 yeah including furniture no furniture would have been extra so 25 probably 25, yeah so that's a ready to go airbnb yeah okay so 475 all in and you're not refinancing that are you uh well we bought so as a Canadian buying in the United States, I like you got to remember I was it was three weeks. Mm-hmm. We planned a three week vacation and turned into three months, and yeah. we ended up buying two properties. So like yeah. I learned everything quick. In a, like so yeah, it was you know there's some stressful days, but at the end of the day, that's what we do. We figure it out. So, um, but yeah, so we so ended up you I bought a, in your personal name then. So we had to buy in a personal name. Yeah. We got private financing on it. And then uh, just to close, because like yeah. it's a competitive market. I like yeah. I think the property we bought, the first one, I don't know, there was like seven offers on it. So, um, but yeah. So and then uh, and then now we're going through the process. So we opened up our like entities and stuff like that, and now we're refinancing it and switching everything over. Switching it over, yeah. Okay, yeah. So switching everything over, you did the LP LLC, I think. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I, I talked to you about that one uh, afterwards, but yeah, that's what I did as well. I know we were talking about that. Okay, but let's go through like. What do you expect to get, or did you already get it appraised? No, it's supposed to get appraised next week, hopefully. But <clears throat> it'll probably get appraised around I don't know, four eighty maybe. Four eighty, yeah. Like okay, so maybe more. Like, and you're expecting like seventy five percent, seventy, seventy percent loan yeah, to value. Like, okay, foreign international, I think they yeah. only go up to seventy for the most cases. But. 
so you'll be you'll be in for like 139 <clears throat> us yep. okay and that money just came out of stuff you had in canada or uh, no we have a partner on it oh you have a partner okay um what are you getting for monthly rent on that place so I talk to a ton of people to try to come up with numbers. And like you can use Airbnb, uh, VRBO, AirDNA, like to figure to get, out, a, to get, to an, get idea. an idea. Yeah. But like, I was like, okay, like I, I came up with a rough idea, but like February was completely different than July. So it's July, like anything. Yeah. Like you like, to, so I've heard July can get a little bit busier actually. Well, so we've rented so May, June, July, and August, like May, June and July are full. Yeah. And August is probably half full right now. Yeah. Like we even have some like other other dates that are booked, but like yeah. we don't book it that far in advance. You only let it book three months out. Yeah. Okay. So <clears throat> because if people book it too far in advance or you can you can get a lot more money when you like for Wait. last minute bookings and stuff, right? Yeah. I'm hoping for that for our campground. So yep. anybody looking to book a glamping <laughs> tent or trailer, um, check out uh check out our property up in uh, miller lake on airbnb um but yeah okay so what are you getting what are you getting for um for monthly right now so so far we're generating probably about five grand a month okay in gross give or take gross. some are some is like the one yeah. month might have been like a little bit more maybe just under six is, is like, july lining up for that too yeah like, yeah. yeah about five grand so what do you think like across the year would like based on what you've seen so far and i won't hold you to it obviously but uh, yeah like so i i did just did quick like rough math and i was like okay if i can get like you know five six grand a month for your average average yeah, month because you're gonna get more in like well then january february march april yeah like january's not that no busy but there. february, no, like february is, march, march is, is the best is, yeah typically typically like, <clears throat> that's the thing when we were down there and we were trying to we were trying to like we were like literally staying week after week trying to find a place so um like when we were vacationing or yeah um, yeah i call it vacationing but it, it gives it, you a whole extra we perspective busy. right oh yeah being a student helped me <clears throat> buy student rentals trying to find vacation rentals helps you buy them right yeah so um but when we were trying to book the one place we ended up uh everything was booked yeah and like there was places that were like over a thousand bucks a night yeah like for the for the high season because they were last minute too last minute so and like you either go to florida and pay it or you don't or you don't and it was the same in like st pete tampa like everywhere the only like we considered orlando but orlando was like you know you either go to orlando to go to disney right but it was like very saturated i I thought there's lots in Cape Coral and everywhere else in Florida, but like, it just seemed like there was mm-hmm. more. Okay. In Orlando. Yeah. I've heard, I've heard the same. I've heard people say they felt it was uh, overdone. I don't like the volatility based on Disney. Yeah. I, you know, if Disney were something happened or it became less popular, like they they drive yeah, like that market. Right. 100%. Or if they got too woke, you know, and then yeah. people stopped going there. <laughs> yeah. Like exactly. <laughs> you never know. Right. Yeah. Um, so like, so I, long story short, we ran our numbers and all that stuff, but like as of right now, like, we shouldn't have a problem grossing like 60 grand, like yeah. almost okay. at a minimum. 60 annual. Okay. Right? But come, come February, March. Yeah. Like, you know, that could even go a little higher. Could right? be. Like, yeah. Yeah. So. It'd be interesting to see that. Um, so you have a pool. It's yep. a three bed, three bed, two bath, two bath. sleeps, what, six, eight? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah. Okay. So you advertise sleep yep. six. Yep. Okay. Um, what do you pay on taxes there? Do you know ballpark? Yeah, like four, four grand, forty five hundred bucks maybe. Okay, and then in insurance. <clears throat> uh, so we're in an area where there's like so we're southwest Cape Coral, so it's like floodplain. It's floodplain, but like it's it's very nice neighborhoods. Like yeah, but um but yeah, so there's flood insurance uh, and then just your regular house insurance, but combined twenty. I can't even remember. Um, like 2500 yeah probably in and around that okay and um it was like the the flood insurance i think was only like well the first house we were actually able to like take their other policy and get their price which was i think under a grand but yeah um so yeah call it 2500 okay so 2500 and then maintenance i just have a like a five percent budget for just whatever might happen i think it's good to have that for life cycle stuff too yeah. um utilities you're obviously paying that yeah. what's the uh monthly uh 
Well, the first month was more because you got like double bill or something. All that stuff. But yeah, yeah, it's probably like like by the time you pay hydro, uh, like if the hydro gonna be more in the in the summer because you're yeah you're super hot AC and all that stuff. So it's just different there. Like you have, like, and there is no natural gas there. No, and like yeah. like the water line just runs above the ground. Yeah, like it's yeah. up and into the house. Like, yeah, so not like here where you got to worry about frost and yeah freezing. it's the beauty of it not i mean it can freeze <laughs> yeah. uh that's exceptionally rare but it, that area. it's also different like yeah. here we have problems like with freezing and stuff like that or winter but yeah. there if you don't have your air conditioning on that's a problem like you get mold growing everywhere. yeah that's right? the big thing yeah you gotta you gotta watch out for mold you have to keep yeah. your air conditioning on and like we had an issue when we were there last year um like you can't just run your your um, system for airflow. Like you can't yeah. you can't have it run. Like if it's on, the AC needs to be on too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, you get all kinds of mold problems. It's uh, so yeah. Utilities yeah. is probably I don't know probably two hundred bucks a month. Okay, maybe a bit more in the summer, but yeah. All right, so we'll call it twenty four hundred on average, or <clears throat> we could say maybe twenty six hundred to budget for summer increase, and then management. That's the one that with Airbnb is obviously. a typically a bigger number yeah so we called a bunch of management companies and they all wanted like 10 to 15 percent which I'm like, that's cheap compared to some some are like yeah, 25 well, I, like, <clears throat> I don't know like i i've always figured out alternatives i guess to still get the I same like thing it. done right like i like it i don't know like that if i'm gonna pay that much money like i don't know that's just, a lot just so, bring it internal yeah yeah so right now like like my wife's doing a lot of it but yeah. the whole plan is like if we get a bunch more then we're just going to hire somebody that will do that because ultimately so you're talking about like fielding <laughs> the calls responding to people yeah. like that's all something you don't need to be on site for that no, what you no. need is feet, feet on the ground to go bring yeah. toilet paper rolls if you need them well and, it's it goes back to systems like yeah we have like to to message people and to do all that stuff is you can have so much automated stuff on airbnb yeah and then on top of that, we have a cleaner, we have a pool guy, we have a lawn guy. Yeah. We have all those those people and boots on the ground, essentially, right? Our cleaner does, she cleans it, she restocks all the paper towel, the toilet paper, makes it yeah. all pretty and stuff. If you had like an emergency or they needed something, would she be able to go? Yeah, like depending on what it was. But yeah. um, I also have a handyman and another contractor that I'm using and they've both been good. So yeah. like uh, the one day the the... The, the AC stopped working, which yeah, in Florida, that's a problem. You yeah. need AC. So <clears throat> yeah. again, like we, I, I, like when we were there, I built up a list of contacts. So I called guy. He was on his way to Fort Myers or something at the time, and and I told him my situation. And long story short, I persuaded him to go now. And yeah. he turned around, went there, and he had to clean out like the the condensation pump line. Yeah, and stuff those like need that. to be sucked and, out. Uh, yeah, but. So in, in Florida, you can't have your condensation uh, line go into your drain. Like everyone here, like their condensation line just either goes into their drain or their right. sump pit. Um, there, you're not allowed legally to put your condensation pump line into your drain because of how much humidity they take out of the yeah. area. Like they don't want That's their sewers getting filled up with yeah. all the yeah. all that extra water. What I also knew too, which was kind of interesting, uh, they had, um, I don't know if this is where you, like your properties are either, but they have uh, like a gray water line at the street that you can use to water your grass and stuff really yeah okay like, no they don't have don't have that where i am like but. we were I think my wife was like, like why does it smell like, yeah it's canal water <laughs> and i'm right? like no it was like i'm i thought it was from like the like people watering the grass with gray water yeah no they are yeah. so so, so <clears throat> all the sprinkler systems yeah they're drawing off yeah. of off of something that's not the city water right yeah they're drawing off of canal water or something yeah, yeah. so similar idea yeah but, um yeah, it's, it's interesting learning about Florida. Yeah. Anyway, so so what do you figure you're all in for management then? Uh, well, like right now we're doing it ourselves, so it's pretty much zero. But like, um, oh, okay. So you're you're just but you're paying, you know, cleaner, what have oh, you? Yeah, yeah. So cleaner, so out of that sixty grand, there's a cleaning fee in there, or yeah, the cleaning's no, on top of the sixty. So yeah, so we charge a cleaning fee through Airbnb. So I don't yeah. really factor it, but to be honest, we so uh, you're just assuming <clears> it's nil. So so it's on top of the sixty grand, and you're 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 not factoring it as an expense. So it's just nil. So through Airbnb, I think we charge like two hundred and some odd bucks for cleaning, but yeah. then we charge with our cleaner charges us like seventy five bucks. Okay, so you make money on that. So, but I just call it a wash. A wash, then, so I don't need to build it into the expenses. <clears throat> no, it's already no, considered. Yeah. Okay, so then for man for management, then we'll just call it like a one percent, like just odds and ends. Yeah, six hundred bucks a year sure. for what have you. Yeah, like lawn guys about a hundred bucks a month, pool guys about a hundred bucks a month. That's fantastic. So I'm gonna need those contacts from you. Yeah. So twenty four four hundred a year for that. That's awesome. And they they show up. They're responsible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so far. 
Okay, and then I'm gonna just budget 500 miscellaneous. Okay, so you are a 480 value. And here's where the interest rates are gonna kind of <laughs> affect things. But you're, okay, so a nine cap to start. You know, yeah. that's something to consider here. Nine percent cap rate based on what everything you've, you've told me. Um, 70% would be a $336,000 mortgage. Amortization, you can get 30 down there, but now yeah. with our situation, it was like a 7%? Rates? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going through the refinance process right now, and they, and it's literally exactly 7%. But like, yeah. I had a conversation with the with the lender, and it was 6.75 on Thursday. Yeah. And Friday, it was 7. I was talking to somebody else who's invested in there, <laughs> and I won't give the name, uh, but... Uh, he had a similar issue happen, like just got a call right at the closing hour. And oh, yeah, by the way, yep. <laughs> things have gone up. But that's the benefit of having yeah. so much cash flow. Like you yeah. can. Yeah. So even 7%, which is a $2,200 monthly mortgage payment, you have $1,400 of cash flow on that place. So, yeah. I think I, I think my numbers were, I think it were off the top of my head was about 1300 But yeah. So, hey, can't, <clears> can't on a single family that. house, that's where I, my light bulb went off. And I'm like, like, you can't get a single family house in Ontario with a cash flow. That, yeah, right? maybe with Airbnb. No, well, even Airbnb. with Airbnb. No, yeah, still, Airbnbs you probably might be able to. Like, they are know. restricted down there in Cape Coral, right? You're supposed to be a week minimum. Yeah. And are you applying that week minimum? Because I don't think they have very good enforcement on it. No, like we, yeah. I think, essentially we want weekly stays anyways. Yeah. Right? So so, so your ideal so would be turnover on Sundays, right? Yeah, but like at the end of the day, we've, like what we've done too is like someone will want to stay, like I, I'm probably going to not say this right because my wife does more of this stuff than I do, but um like they'll stay for five six days or a week like mm -hmm. it's running a fine line like some yeah. majority of the time it is a week yeah um but if there is a couple days between we've been like re we'll just reach out to this to the people that are either staying or going and we'll say hey would you like to stay for a day or two longer or yeah. come a day or two early at yeah. a discounted price right? oh okay and like you do that every month there's there could be another 500 bucks Right. right. Okay. So it just helps top it off. So yeah. yeah, those numbers are good. Like I, I mean, I guess if you're in the Southwest, it's, that's a more popular area. Yeah. Uh, like we're, it's in a really nice, like both houses that we bought are, uh, like five minutes from each other. And are they, uh, what was I going to say? Like, well, they're pretty, pretty nicely finished, right? Mm -hmm. Quartz. Yeah. Granite. Yeah. Granite quartz. Okay. Um, Okay, and the price point like made a lot of sense that you bought them for. Yeah, like we Can were you... looking at other ones that are more. Yeah. And like I, 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 the easy numbers was like I'm like anything under five hundred grand would work. But, yeah, but like, well, I'm just thinking like I was given numbers. I talked to an analytics guy, and he pre presented me <clears> with some <throat> great stuff. He scraped Air DNA and you know sh yeah. shared all this stuff with me, and he said, well, you know, if you do a really average job, you'll get sixty grand. Okay, so I'm always over conservative when I run, which is yeah. good. I'd rather be yeah. pleasantly surprised. So I'm wondering but... what I could do if I like deck it out and like put like a full out games room in the garage yep. like put everything that they could want yeah, uh, like you, foosball table pool table ping pong like i think like during the high seasons and stuff like that like every airbnb they want like um and don't get me wrong i'm not an airbnb expert like, yeah but i'm more just i like mm -hmm. buying real estate really but um yeah but essentially like i figured out is like yeah the more stuff you have and the more you offer you're going to generate more income yeah, it's just like, more demand. Like, but like more through the it. low season, yeah. there is a lot of, like there is lots of availability. Yeah. So, I don't know. I feel like it's more important in the low season to, to stand out against your competition. Yeah. In the high season, everyone's <laughs> getting rented. Yeah. It but in the low season is where you really set yourself apart. 100%. And you can bring those those families in that, you know, oh, this place looks like it has everything. Let's just go there. Like both ours in the backyard, it's very like mm -hmm. tropical. Like it's all, I don't even know all of them like they're, they're not palm trees yeah. but like they're there's palm trees and stuff everywhere but like yeah. it's very like private and it you looks shoot me some pictures if you got them because uh actually if i can like oh if, if i get them in time i'll put them on the overlay yeah. of the video here yeah yeah that'd be uh be good to show um okay so nick yeah i appreciate talking to you i mean you're always like inspiring you're doing so much and you don't hesitate on anything so which is awesome yeah. for a real estate investor yeah no the the whole uh, the whole the whole florida trip really like going through covid and stuff like that you know very negative and all that like all yeah. that stuff so when we went to florida i don't know it's a whole different life down there everything yeah. like, you're i love it yeah yeah you're, it, it reset us and then you know i i i don't know if you want to i ended up we ended up meeting some other people down there and i hired a coach and all that other stuff but 
Yeah, well, I was going to yeah, ask you. We've, we've been on for about an hour now. So, okay. is there is there anything you wanted to touch on that that we hadn't? Yeah, no, I think like yeah, we're. Uh, I think the only other thing I'd like to say is like uh, in like comparing Canada investing in Canada to U.S. Like we've we're now transitioning to try to do more in the United States. Um, yeah, we're trying to even get into some like development and stuff like that. Yeah, um, just I feel like there's there's opportunity there. So. But yeah, at the end of the day, there's uh, there's opportunity everywhere, obviously, right? So there is, right? Like, so it's it's it doesn't make sense to you? Does it feel good? I love the political hedge. I love I love having some stuff that's not in Canada because yeah. you know <clears throat> some things that Canada does is obviously scary. A huge amount of my audience uh, resonates with that. Not everybody yeah. does, but um, you know if. if if you're worried about something, it's nice to be able to just diversify against Absolutely. it. And uh, that's the great thing. So, yeah, it's great to have so many people down at Cape Coral with me. <laughs> so <laughs> many much. friends from home. <clears throat> yep. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be talking more about this. And I um, really appreciate you coming on. Where do people find you, reach out to you? Um, yeah, easiest is probably Instagram, um, NVD Properties. NVD Properties? Yep. Okay, we'll put the handle in the uh, show notes for everybody and uh yeah we'll have to get you back on for regular updates now awesome sounds good all right thanks Thanks for having me thanks for tuning in to today's episode please make sure to share this episode far and wide help it help more people i really appreciate you tuning in i'll see you on the next one Uh